The road to Lewiston has come to Harris Field. Ten teams from around the nation all vying for the opportunity to be crowned national champions. And the road to Lewiston has run right through the number one source for NAI baseball coverage all year long. NAI Ball will have you covered for all of your news, stats, scores, and information you need from the entire Avista NAI World Series. And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senoras y senores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast, brought to you by none other than our friends at Silverback Sports, at Shop Silverback on Twitter, shopsilverback.com. As always, I am your host, Robbie Gutierrez, RobG1063 on Twitter. This is where you can find me to talk all of your NAI baseball needs. NAI Ball on Twitter, of course, where you need to go for all of your information and joining me on the podcast, none other than the man, the myth, the legend, the foremost authority on NAI baseball, who will be in Lewiston, Idaho, all series long, Mr. Cody Butler. Cody, man, how's it going today? Excited to have you here back on the podcast. Yeah, excited is a good word, Robbie. I'm just thrilled. You know, by the time this releases tomorrow, I'll be on my way to Lewiston, uh, heading back out west. I'm just pumped. It is going to be absolutely huge, and if you don't know, and you very well should know, but here is a list of teams who will be participating in the Avista NAI World Series. Our first team that we will see is Bellevue. They are the Shreveport Bracket Champion. They are making their 14th appearance and first since 2016. Our second team is Faulkner, the Montgomery Bracket Champion. They are making their eighth all-time appearance. They were in the tournament last season. They have won one title. As well, Bellevue has won one title. Freed Hardeman University, last season's runner-up and the Henderson bracket champion, is back in the tournament for their second time in their history. Georgia Gwinnett, the Lawrenceville bracket champion, is in for the third time in their history. They are in back-to-back appearances as well. Indiana Tech, the Williamsburg bracket champion, makes their seventh appearance, the first since 2003. Lewis Clark State is the host team. They are in their 38th appearance, and of course, they were in the tournament last year. They have 19 titles all-time, 16 in Lewiston, Idaho, three of them away from Lewiston. USAO is the champion of the Santa Barbara bracket. They went 46-10, and 10, making their third appearance. They were there last in 2017. Southeastern, the defending national champion and Macon bracket champion, is into the tournament. They went 51-10, and 10, making their second all-time appearance. Last year, of course, winning the whole dang thing. St. Thomas University, the Miami Gardens bracket champion, making their seventh all-time appearance in the NAI World Series. They were in the tournament last year. And then Tennessee Wesleyan, the Kingsport bracket champion, making their fifth. They have one title to their name, and they were last in the tournament in 2016. Cody, man, we are going to have an absolutely great bracket. There are no newcomers in this bracket the longest drought for either team has been 2003 for Indiana Tech. Outside of that, everybody has been in the last three to four years. Yeah, it's an absolutely loaded field. It feels top to bottom. Even the bottom teams feel like a heavyweight this year. You look at the 10 seed, Lewis Clark State, they're obviously going to give you their best shot. 
But the nine seed, Bellevue, coming in on a 26-game winning streak. Uh, Indiana Tech, they won the WAC convincingly, won the regular season and the tournament. And to go out there and they sweep Cumberland's a team that's won 45 games this year. This just feels like a really good bracket with a lot of teams that are superbly good. It is going to be absolutely incredible. I am absolutely excited for the World Series to get underway. But before we have to tell you about where NAI Ball will be staying, and it will be the Fairbridge Hotel, which would love to host you during the NAI World Series in Lewiston, Idaho, located in downtown Lewiston next to many of the restaurants and only a mile from the ballpark. The Fairbridge Hotel offers free hot breakfast, free wireless internet. Don't forget to relax every evening in the hot tub or cool down in the outdoor pool. The Fairbridge Hotel has everything you're going to need to make this a relaxing getaway for you and your family while you enjoy the games at Harris Field. When you call the Fairbridge Hotel, be sure to ask for the NAI special rate. Call them right now at 208 746-3311. That's 208-746-3311. Or visit them online at fairbridgelewiston.com. That's fairbridgelewiston.com. Cody, I've got a wild idea. Bear with me here. We're going to do a giveaway. And we're going to do a giveaway for some exclusive merchandise. And this is just to kind of see who's really paying attention. But for anyone who screenshots and tags myself at Rob G one Oh six three and at NAI ball on Twitter and sends us the picture of them giving the podcast a five-star rating. We're going to pick three winners. They will be entered to win NAI ball shirts. Now this might say NAI versus everyone. It might be our logo. We're still coming up with a design for it but we're going to give three away exclusive product right now. The only thing we have that's merchandise is we have some polos out there, but exclusive giveaway right now on the NAI ball podcast on the world series rundown screenshot yourself giving the NAI ball podcast a five-star rating on iTunes screenshot it and tag NAI Ball on Twitter, and tag myself, at RobG1063, and you will be automatically entered into the giveaway. And we're going to pick three winners. We'll handle the shipping and all of that for you for some NAI Ball t-shirts that we are going to give out right now. Cody, I know that's kind of wild. I know that's kind of off-card here. But uh, I think it's it's about time that we, we do a, a little bit of a giveaway for the people at home who are loyal listeners. Yeah, I'm here for that, Rob G. I mean, you think about it, you got two things here. You get an awesome shirt representing the NAI, and you support the NAI Ball podcast. That's a win-win. Uh, I'm sold. Absolutely agree there. So before we get into the breakdown of the teams, before we get rolling here, Cody, I need to know what is your all-time favorite memory from the World Series? Well, thanks to a lot of the people listening to the show, uh, I was able to go to the World Series last year. So I think I had just so many favorite moments just from that trip alone. The trip driving out west was incredible. Uh, someone born in Georgia, raised in Georgia. Uh, to go to Idaho, Pacific Northwest, obviously huge culture shock, different part of the country I've never been to. Yeah, so it was just an amazing experience. I truly enjoyed that. A couple of my favorite moments out there, seeing some of the success some of my friends had with the Grizzlies. Uh, Freed Hardeman's run, I mentioned at the beginning of this season, that was truly special just to see what they did. To finish that year so strong, and I think it just shows it's when you get hot at the right time, they really put a mark on that. And then to credit Southeastern. So that's the first time in my life I've ever seen a team crowned a national champion um, in front of me. That was an incredible experience. 
And I don't think a lot of people realize how good that Southeastern team was to go 8-0 in the postseason and for them to just do it in dominant fashion. They were really special. Looking back at that pitching staff and you look at some of the guys like Johnny Bermudez and Jordan Scott, and they were just so good. And so I think when you look at Southeastern winning that title in front of me, that was my favorite Lewiston moment so far. Yeah, I definitely love that. One of the things that we did on Twitter was ask people to give us some of their favorite moments. So I'll start things off here with Jared Humphrey at jhumphrey25 on Twitter. Freed versus LCSC 2018. LC scores four in the top of the first. Freed responds with five spot in the bottom of the first. And the game ends 5-4 with a Freed win in front of 4,000 plus people. Of course, our friend John Leatherman from St. Thomas University, says that 2015 St. Thomas run was special. Four consecutive elimination wins, a walk-off against number one Oklahoma Baptist, three runs with two outs in the top of the ninth against number two Faulkner and winning 6-3 and reaching the first-ever national championship game in St. Thomas history. Coach Ryan Markinen at Ryan Markinen on Twitter, the 2007 Spring Arbor baseball team, going 48-5, and five, making it to the national title game against LCSC on just two and a half scholarships. Definitely the definition of Cinderella story on that one. Jared Plunkett here, Cumberland versus Oklahoma Wesleyan in 2014. 11 innings of relief for our pitcher ended in a walk-off. How about a former NAI team reaching out to us in Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University saying when Philip Remy Went six and two-thirds in relief to eliminate LC and end Ed Sheff's career in 2010. Our friend Courtesy Runner, at Courtesy Runner on Twitter, says Point Loma Nazarene University defeated LCSC Memorial Day 2004 in front of a packed house. The Sea Lions reliever Justin Marabias just could not be stopped and went on to win that game for Point Loma Nazarene. And then my friend Jonathan Solis from all the way out in Alpine, Texas, says the very first NAI World Series in 1957 from Alpine, Texas, where Sol Ross State defeated Rollins College 8-7 to to win the national title way back when. So my Best friend Ozzy Gutierrez went ahead and made a comment on it, and him and I have the same favorite World Series memory. And in 2013, the Northwood Knights were there, and we were absolutely blessed to be there. Uh, we defeated William Carey, USCB, and then Oklahoma Baptist en route to winning the Hattiesburg opening round tournament. And... We lose the first game to the Masters by a matter of, of inches, literally just inches. And we come down, have to play the next day, first game of the day. You're taking on Sterling, and in the other dugout was was my good friend Adrian Dinkle, who, of course, now at Southeastern University. And we score, Cody, we score in the top half of the first inning. And I think this is a great start. This game, we're about to light up the scoreboard. And as the game goes on, you start to realize something special is happening. And Cody Faulkner in 2013 on May 26 throws a no-hitter against Sterling College. The Knights win one nothing. That run in the top, that sacrifice fly run in the top half of the first inning was it. 
and just the feeling of elation and the feeling of being part of history, not just there in Lewiston, but being part of NAI history forever, knowing that I got to not just watch something special. I was on the team and I got to be in the dugout and I got to help hold that guy up as he threw the fifth no-hitter ever in the NAI World Series and, of course, the most recent one since the 90s. And somebody could go out there and throw a no-hitter this week, but that'll still always be history, and it'll still always be special. And I just I could not believe, you know, and he didn't do it. He had one strikeout the whole game. I mean, two walks, one strikeout, threw 94 pitches. I want to say he threw 80-something strikes. He was just on fire that day, and and Cody was was an absolute competitor, and it was just incredible to watch, incredible to watch. And I got to give shout outs to the guys who made huge defensive plays in that game. You know, Esty uh, Hernandez, Ike Metrino, Elvin Rodriguez, Logan Brumley, Herb Romero, uh, Jordan Lewis in center field made two diving catches. Joey Reyna in right, Adam Humes behind the plate, and of course you know, Cody Faulkner and it was, it was a team effort. And, you know, the craziest part was Cody is that most of the time you're not going to have anybody warming up in a no hitter, but it's an elimination game in the world series. And the score is one, nothing. And we, we had to, we had to warm up our closer Colton Revis because you don't know what's going to happen. And the plan was if Cody gave up a hit, that was it. We were going to bring in Revis who, sat easily, you know, 93, 94 with a good breaker and had a lot of success all season long. And and Cody just got the job done and it was an incredible experience. And, and we like to give Dinkle a hard time about it, but you know, that was, that was special to be a part of. So that is my favorite world series memory ever. And I don't think anybody will really top that one. I mean, yeah, it's big time just to witness history. And like you said, for him to do it so efficiently too, he worked so efficiently that day. So, yeah, just credit to Cody Faulkner, and I'm glad you were able to be there for that. Yeah, it was really awesome. And my favorite part is uh, his mother was actually there at the tournament, flew up from Dallas, and he was so mad at me that morning. I don't remember what he was so mad at me for, but he was so mad at me that morning, and, and all of that went out the window after it happened. But my favorite moment ever was they bring his mom onto the field, and he goes, Mom, what are you doing out here? Get the hell off the field. I just could not stop <laughs> laughing at that. I thought that was that was perfect. But we'll we'll keep moving here and and we'll talk a little bit more about some of the games and matchups coming up. So the seeding, if you had not seen it, the number one overall seed in the tournament is Tennessee Wesleyan. They will play in game seven Saturday at 3 p.m. The number two overall seed in the tournament is the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma. They will play in game eight on Saturday at 7 p.m. Going in order here for Friday's games, the number eight seed is Indiana Tech. They will face the number nine seed, Bellevue. That game taking place Friday at 8.30 a.m. The number four seed is Faulkner. They will take on the number five seed, Georgia Gwinnett, Friday at 11.30 a.m. The number six seed is St. Thomas. The number three seed is Southeastern. They will meet on Friday at 3 p.m. And the number seven seed is Freed Hardeman. They will face the number 10 seed, Lewis Clark State, the home team, Friday at 7 p.m. Now, Cody, the one thing I'm not a huge fan of here is St. Thomas and Southeastern meeting each other for the fifth time this season. Southeastern actually 
is not winning the series against St. Thomas. St. Thomas leads that season series by a count of three games to one. But I was not super thrilled with Southeastern and St. Thomas having to meet each other in game one. But I understand that's just the way the seating worked out. Those teams were seated well ahead of you know, the World Series even being determined. And uh, I definitely, you know, just kind of wanted your your opinion on that. Yeah, not a fan of it. Um, I don't like that it's happening. I will give credit to the selection committee. I know the way it worked out is, look, one team was rated third, the other team was rated eighth, and six and seven didn't get the job done. Not no disrespect. You know, credit Indiana Tech, credit Bellevue. Um, so what happens is now St. Thomas moves up to the sixth best team in the field, so they have to play Southeastern. Um, I was a little bit more upset that Southeastern fell to third. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It just kind of worked out that way, but I can agree. I don't think any team's excited to play a team you've already played in your own state. You play every single season. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. And and just talking about it, and it's nothing against any of the teams in the tournament. You know, I've got a great relationship with Billy Barry, and, and we have a great relationship with both Coach Barry and Coach Ross and, and all of the coaches, I, I like to think, uh, one through nine in this tournament. And, and LCSC obviously follows us very closely as well. So, you know, I definitely think that Southeastern falling to three, I, I'm not sure I totally understand it or what the criteria was or how they all did did all of that because we're not in the room with them. We don't know exactly what the selection committee uh, looks at. We, we don't have access to ARC rankings and and things like that. So I know it's not the ideal situation, but both of these teams are going to make do with what they were dealt, with the cards they were dealt, and we're going to get after it. And I think it's going to be an absolutely – fantastic world series and i'm i'm personally am, am very excited you know for all of these games coming up I, I cannot wait for the nightcap game on friday that's always a fun one to watch between freed hardeman and lewis clark you know i know there's a certain game you're excited for you know but like even when we get started indiana tech and bellevue i think it's just gonna be an incredible tournament and is our system perfect no it's not but you know what? We could be D2 or D3 and play in these ridiculous regionals that only allow a certain amount of teams in and where some really, really good teams nationally are, are getting left out. And then those regionals are better than the World Series is going to be or those super regionals are better than the World Series is going to be. We have the most closely related tournament to the NCAA Division One tournament. I think the system could use a little tweaking on how we get teams in, things like that. But outside of that, I think our tournament is far superior to Division Two or Division Three, and I, for one, am extremely thankful for that. So let's break this down. Let's run these teams down, and let's start, Cody, at number 10. The host school from Lewiston, Idaho, with a record of 34-13-1. It's the Warriors of Lewis-Clark State. They have a team average of 261 with a team ERA of 370. Their top hitters are Darren Trainer hitting 356 with 51 RBIs, Cody Garvin hitting 283 with 37 RBIs, and Zach Needham with 33 RBIs on the season. Their top pitchers are Tyler Birch, who I feel like has been there as long as, well, I've been around, with a 293 ERA, 5 and 2 record, 67 and 2 thirds innings pitch, and then Gerald Hine with a 242 ERA, a 4 1 record. 52 innings pitch and 61 strikeouts on the year. Opponents hitting just 201 off of Hine. LCSC ranks 11th in opponent average with a 234 opponent average. 
14th in ERA with an ERA of 370, and then 27th in doubles with 105. Cody, give me a quick synopsis of the Warriors. You know, I really don't know what to make of Lewis Clark State, and I think everyone's going to – their schedule's not very good this year. It is what it is. And, uh, you know, I, that's not their fault. They play in a tucked-in corner of the country. We get that. They're only hitting 260 as a team, which is interesting. You know, that's not really what their standard is. Um, pitching, they're still getting it done. I like their ERA. Like you mentioned, Tyler Birch, he's due to pitch in like 100 World Series. So he's definitely going to be experienced, and he'll be ready to go. Uh, an interesting note, if you remember last year, pitched in that game against Freed Hardman, he struggled. Um, I don't believe he even – maybe got an out. And uh, Freed Hardman put up five in that first inning against him, roughed him up, got him out of the game. So you know he's fired up to get this rematch. Um, this is a really big game for them, so I don't think they can afford to lose this one because the loser of this game has to play the loser of Southeastern and St. Thomas, and I'm not picking the loser of this game to beat the loser of that one. So I think this is a must-win for both teams. Moving on here to number nine out of the North Star Athletic Association, it's Bellevue with a record of 46-14. and 14. They are the winner of the Shreveport bracket. They hit 349 as a team and a team ERA of 379. Their top hitters are Corey Longacre with 57 RBIs, Travis Tanaka with 52 RBIs in 77 hits, and then JT Patterson is hitting 379 with 80 hits, 24 home runs, and 87 RBIs. Their top pitchers are Jared Poe with a 155 ERA, a 9 and 0 record, 81 and a third innings pitch and 68 strikeouts and then Steven Knapp with a 233 ERA, a 10 and 2 record and 89 innings pitch this season. Cody, this is an interesting Bellevue team because you look at it they're number 2 in average with 349 as a team, number 2 in total hits with 681 and number 4 in RBIs with 491. They've got a tough test in Indiana Tech day one. Tell me a little bit more about the Bruins of Bellevue. You know, they come into this, they lead the country right now, 26-game winning streak. More impressively, they've won 39 of 40. I'm going to keep it consistent. If I knock LC on their schedule, I'm going to knock Bellevue. Their schedule's not very good either. Um, But, like, again, they're playing who they are forced to play, and they're making the most of their opportunities. They don't get to pick their conference opponents, and they're beating them, and they're blowing them out. So I credit Bellevue for that. Like you said, their numbers are eye-popping. Jarrett Poe has continued to throw complete games this year. I think he's really impressive. We'll talk about Freed Hardeman last year. Freed Hardeman was a team that came in as a low seed, got extremely hot, and they played themselves into the national championship game. I think Bellevue is a team with a similar coming in really, really hot. And when you're able to win games, it's contagious. They're just able to get it done. Um, They're leading and they're winning. Bellevue, of course, out of the NSAA, did win back-to-back NSAA tournament titles by putting up 20-plus runs in back-to-back games in different years there for the NSAA Tournament Championship. The number eight seed is Indiana Tech out of the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference with a 41-14-1 record. They are the winner of the Williamsburg bracket. As a team, they hit 313 with a team ERA of 348. Their top hitters are Glenn McLean hitting 435 with 17 long balls, 54 RBIs. Branson Dawson hitting 370. And then Jake DeFries hitting 368 with 42 RBIs. Their top pitchers are Charles Donovan, 260 ERA with a 9-1 record, 72 and two-thirds innings pitch, and 93 strikeouts. And then Nate McBroom with a 358 ERA, a 6-3 record in 65 and a third innings pitch. Cody, this is an interesting Indiana Tech team because they have played a tough schedule. They beat some really good teams this year. They're number eight in ERA with a 348 ERA, 15th in fielding percentage, with a .966 percentage, 
and then 18th in the nation in batters struck out with 449 opponents struck out this season. They've played a really good schedule, and they won their conference, and then they won their tournament, and then they did some big things out in Williamsburg. Tell me more about the Warriors of Indiana Tech. Yeah, it was no surprise to me that they won their tournament last week. I picked them. I thought they were the best team in that bracket. And that's credit to them because I thought Cumberland's Kentucky was a really good baseball team. Yes, a credit to Indiana Tech. Like you mentioned, their schedule. They took two games off Freed Hardeman, Tennessee, a World Series team. They took two games off Tennessee Wesleyan, a World Series team. They took a game off Faulkner, a World Series team. They took a game off Georgia Gwinnett, a World Series. They can play with anyone. I was never had to question that about Indiana Tech. Their schedule is really good. And they performed really well. And I think they're a team that can win multiple games in Lewiston. The number seven overall seed taking on Lewis Clark State is Freed Hardeman University out of the AMC. They are 47 and 15, and they are the winners of the Henderson, Tennessee bracket. As a team, they are hitting 321 with an ERA of 346. You cannot ignore their top hitter, Josh Sears, 370 average, 21 long balls, and 73 RBIs. You have to watch out as well for Colin McPherson, 330 average, 76 hits, 47 RBIs, and then DeMichael Holmes hitting 324 with 20 doubles and 47 RBIs on the season. Their top pitchers are Alex Huey with a 234 ERA, a 12-1 record, 100 innings pitch, and 94 strikeouts. And then Jacob Sawyers with a 335 ERA, a 10-3 record, 97 strikeouts, and 96 and two-thirds innings pitch. They have the number seven team ERA in the nation with 346. They're ninth in the nation in hits with 624 and 15th in the nation in doubles with 114. Cody, what can we expect from Freed Hardeman in this tournament? I mean, I think they're just going to compete they like they last year and just win. I think they're a really good baseball team. They're not sneaking up on anyone this year, especially they're not sneaking up on Lewis Clark, who they beat in the night game last year. I think Freed Hardeman is just gritty. I think they're a really good baseball team. They've also played a really good schedule uh, to drop that game to Oklahoma Wesleyan season on the line. They know they had to beat them twice and they did. I think that's credit to them. I think that's huge. And uh, I think they're going into the really good matchup. Uh, this is going to be another packed house sellout crowd. They're going to look forward to it. I think they have the team that could beat Lewis Clark State. I really do. I think Alex Huey's a really good pitcher. Um, he's going to get some strikeouts. It's going to be tough. I think they're going to have to score some runs because I think Lewis Clark State's going to put up some runs in that ballpark. You know, that's not a pitcher's park. Just for the listeners at home, a lot of people are going to score runs at this tournament. But I think they have a really good offense. You look at guys like Josh Sears. I think Colin McPherson's a really good hitter. I got to watch him a little bit last week, and I think he really impressed me. So, yeah, I like Free Hardeman. They're a good baseball team. Moving on here to the sixth seed, St. Thomas University out of the Sun Conference. St. Thomas, the team out of Miami Gardens, Florida, was a winner of the Miami Gardens bracket. They are 45-13 and 13 on the year. They hit 309 as a team and a team ERA of 384. Their top hitters are Eric Delgado hitting 367 with 73 hits, 66 runs, He's also 20 for 20 in stolen bases. Then Chris Garabedian hitting 357 with 79 hits and 55 RBIs. And then Sergio Lopez hitting 325, 16 home runs, 72 RBIs. This is a very good pitching staff for St. Thomas. Three very capable starting pitchers, and we'll kick things off with Orlando Rodriguez, who's throwing with a 279 ERA, a 9-2 record, 80 and two-thirds innings pitch, and 92 strikeouts. And then Ian Exposito with a 288 ERA, an 11-2 record, 97 innings pitch, and 116 strikeouts. The Bobcats are number two in the nation in fielding percentage at .973, 16th in opponent average at 239, and 23rd in the nation in hits 
with 575. Cody, man, tell me more about our friends from down in Miami Gardens, Florida. You know, they were the team I picked to win it all last year. You know, they went 0-2. They definitely don't want to do that again, and I don't think they will. I think this is a really talented team. You noticed that when they swept Southeastern earlier this year. Orlando Rodriguez is a big game pitcher. He's special. He got to pitch in the first night game last year against Louis Clark State in front of a big crowd. Um, He pitched well. I know he probably wanted to get that W. So I think Orlando Rodriguez is going to go out there and pitch really well against a really good team. I think St. Thomas can get the job done. I think they're talented, and I think they can beat anyone. I think Coach Perez is really good, and I see the Bobcats making some noise. The number five seed out of the AII is Georgia Gwinnett College with a 46-11 and record, the winner of the Lawrenceville bracket, hitting 341 as a team with a team ERA of 328. Their top hitters are Cam Corsi, who is hitting 462 with 96 hits and 61 RBIs, C.J. Ballard hitting 367 with 27 RBIs and 33 stolen bases, and then Brody Wofford hitting 348 with 10 home runs and 56 RBIs. Their top pitchers are Jonathan McKinney, throwing 299 with an 8 and 2 record, 75 and 2 thirds innings pitch, and 73 strikeouts. And then Greg Lukanen with a 3.35 ERA, a 9 and 3 record, 88 and 2 thirds innings pitch, and 96 strikeouts. The Grizzlies are number three in the nation in doubles with 138. They are number five in the nation in batting average with a 341 team average and sixth in team ERA with 328. Cody, you know the Grizzlies very well. Tell us more about Brad Stromdahl's squad. I think Georgia Gwinnett's really balanced this year. I think this is probably the best pitching staff I've seen them have when it comes to starters. I think they have multiple guys that can go deep into games and win games in Lewiston. I mean, I think you look at the schedule they played this year. They played Indiana Tech. They played Tennessee Wesley and Southeastern. So I think they're gritty. I think they've been to Lewiston, obviously, before. I think a lot of these players on this team were here last year. I mean, I think they can get it done. You look at Cam Corsi, I think he's probably the best hitter in the nation. I'm um, just coming off a 26-game hitting streak. Uh, back-to-back years, he's hitting north of 460. I think he's going to get on base. I think he's going to have a great tournament. And I, like I said, I think the pitching staff can get it done. I think Georgia Gwinnett has a really tough draw. They're going to have to win two tough games if they want to get in that winner's bracket against arguably two of the best teams in the tournament. But I think they have the talent to do that. I think they have the talent to win any game in the tournament. Number four out of the Southern States Athletic Conference, Faulkner with a 49-10 and 10 record winner of the Montgomery bracket, hitting 322 as a team with a team ERA of 397. Their top hitters are Max Guzman with 78 RBIs, Jacob Freeland with nine home runs and 61 RBIs, and then Troy Black with 41 RBIs on the season. Their top pitchers to watch, Evan Gillespie, 135 ERA, 11-0 record, 86-plus innings pitch, 84 strikeouts. And then Antonio Frias with a 2-3-4 ERA and 91 record, 80.2 innings pitch, 109 strikeouts in 80 innings, and a 160 opponent average. The Eagles are fourth in the nation in stolen bases, fifth in runs scored, and seventh in batters struck out. Cody, tell me more about Faulkner. I mean, they're loaded. Every single year, Faulkner's loaded. I think they can make a case they may have the top hitter and pitcher in the tournament. When you look at Max Guzman, I mean, Sharpie, the dude's a draft guy. He's probably the best hitter in the tournament. He's going to be one of the most feared hitters in the tournament. Um, If you don't know about him, you'll find out next week. He's just an absolute dude. And on the mound, I think Frias may be one of the top pitchers in the tournament. I think USAO and St. Thomas have some people that can argue about that in Southeastern. When you look at just just pure talent, I think they have what it takes Faulkner to win the national championship. I think they have a tough draw as well. Faulkner's going to have to win a lot of tough games to get to that national championship. But when you talk about the team to do it, I think they do. 
got to give a shout out to Evan Gillespie. I think that guy's worked incredibly hard this season. Um, You look at where he was at last year and you see where he's at this year. It's just incredible. I mean, for his numbers to be as good as they are this year compared to last season, he got experience in Lewiston last year. And uh, credit to him, I think his season has been incredible. The number three seed also out of the Sun Conference with a 51-10 record in the winner of the Macon bracket is the defending national champion, the Fire of Southeastern University, with a team average of 352 and a team ERA of 320. Their top hitter is Manuel Mesa, hitting 412 with 105 hits and 50 RBIs. Ivan Nunez hitting 392, 15 home runs, 73 RBIs. And then Dominic Anaganos hitting 386 with 73 hits, 36 RBIs. Their pitchers to watch will start with Felix Diegas, hitting 218, or excuse me, pitching with a 218 ERA, a 7-1 record, 70 and a third innings pitch, 33 walks, 88 strikeouts, a 176 opponent average. And then Kevin Long has a 244 ERA with a 9-1 record, 81 innings pitch, 79 strikeouts, and a 216 opponent average. Southeastern is number one in the nation in hits with 702, number one in total runs scored with 571, and number one in average as a team with 352. Cody, tell me more about the number three seeded Southeastern Fire. Yeah, I think they were the most talented team I've seen in person this year. I think they're just absolutely loaded. I think offensively they can just create havoc for any team they play. Um, I think they showed that last year, and I think they showed that again all season. Um, I don't know if the defending champions, if they can come in with a chip, uh, the selection committee, give them something. So I think, you know, they're going to come in motivated as a three seed. Uh, they're forced to play a conference opponent. Luckily for them, they're playing a team that swept them this season. So they're able to get a little bit of revenge. They credit the Southeastern. I don't know if we've mentioned it already on the show. They did beat St. Thomas in the conference tournament. So they already have got a little bit of that monkey off their back. But this one's bigger. I think anyone will tell you that this is way more important. So I think they have the team to do it. I think Southeastern's as talented. I think there's multiple teams, I'll say this, that can win the national championship, and I do think Southeastern is definitely one. We move on here to the top two seeds in this tournament out of the Sooner Athletic Conference with a 46-10 and 10 record, the winner of the Santa Barbara, California bracket. It's USAO, the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma, with a team average of 342 and a team ERA of 2.24. Their top hitters are Luis Palau. With a 406 average and 60 RBIs. PJ Garcia, 392 average, 78 hits, 46 RBIs. Alex Sanchez with a 376 average, 14 long balls, and 56 RBIs. Their top pitchers, well, take your pick, everyone. Uh, I only could pick two Colton Williams with a 115 ERA, 15 to no record, 93 and two thirds innings pitch, and 121 strikeouts. And then Matt Merrill with a 176 ERA, an 11 and one record, 81 in two-thirds innings pitch, 124 strikeouts, opponents hitting just 137 off of him. They've got studs in the bullpen like Rudy Gonzalez. This is a really good pitching staff for USAO. Number one in ERA at 2.24, number two in opponent average at .189, and number four in offensive average with their team hitting 342. Cody, tell me more about the Drovers out of Chickasha, Oklahoma, under the helm of Mike Ross. I mean, like you said, they have video game numbers. Their pitching numbers are as good as I've ever seen. Colton Williams to throw 93 innings, have a 1.15 ERA. I mean, that's just sick. And a lot of times you look at pitchers, right, and you'll see their earned runs and their runs, and you can see that numbers are way different. There's a lot of errors. Now, they're just not giving up runs, period. I mean, they're just shutting teams down. Uh, 189 batting average against as a team is just incredible. Uh, you mentioned Matt Merrill. That's a true freshman. I mean, that's a freshman 
with 124 strikeouts. I mean, that is just unreal. So I think they're going to have the big stage. You know, they're going to play the winner of Lewis Clark and Reed Hardeman. Uh, They'll get that night game. So I'm just excited to see this pitching staff because their numbers are insane. The number one team in the Avista NAI World Series from Lewiston, Idaho, is Tennessee Wesleyan at the Appalachian Athletic Conference with a record of 52-9 and and the winner of the Kingsport, Tennessee bracket. They have a team average of 3-3-2 and a team ERA of 3.64. Their top hitters to watch are Tyler Reichenborn, hitting 359 with 78 hits, 14 long balls, and 49 RBIs. Braden Mosley hitting 401 with 16 home runs and 58 RBIs. And then Dan Fry with a 365 average, 77 hits, 8 home runs, and 43 RBIs. The pitchers to watch, Cole Belair with a 161 ERA, an 11-2 and record, 89 and a third innings pitch, 19 walks, 84 strikeouts. And then Irving Martin with a 389 ERA, 10-2 and record with 88 strikeouts. They are the third best team in the nation in triples with 24, fourth in slugging percentage, and fifth in total hits with 656 total hits this season. Cody, the Bulldogs of Tennessee Wesleyan and Coach Billy Berry are the number one overall seed in this tournament. Tell me more about them. Yeah, I think Tennessee Wesleyan has been absolutely outstanding this season. They've played a great schedule, and they've lost less than 10 games. I mean, they have two wins over Georgia Gwinnett. They went down to Southeastern, picked up a win there. Uh, like I said, they take wins over Brian. They play in a really good conference. I think Tennessee Wesleyan's really good. I think they were your pick to win it all this season, and I think they've shown why. Uh, Braden Mosley is one of the best hitters in the country. Uh, Cole Belair, they've been using Cole Belair as a starter, a bullpen guy. Uh, he just comes in and gets outs. He's been awesome, too. So I think Tennessee Wesleyan's a team that could be dogpiling. Before we go on here to pick our winners of the first-round matchups, a couple of shout-outs I wanted to give first. I wanted to give a big shout-out to Gabe Kermode from Goshen. He was as elected by his teammates as the NAI Foul Ball Retriever of the Year with 433 foul balls retrieved. He averaged 9.2 per game, and uh, he had a high mark of 31 foul balls retrieved per game. or uh, That was his high mark for the season. So uh, Cody McGuire, his teammate, appreciates him. And, and Cody, I definitely thought that was one of the more interesting shout-outs we've been asked to give. Absolutely, and well-deserved. I mean, when you go out there and you do it every single day, it's a grind. Shout-out to Gabe. He earned that, and uh, I think it's undisputed. No questions asked. I think he is the best in the country. And then I've got to give a shout-out also uh, to Indiana Tech assistant baseball coach Brent Allwine. Posed with the question, who are your favorite college baseball personalities? Uh, out of the choices of Kyle Peterson, Ben McDonald, Kendall Rogers from D1Baseball.com, and Chris Burke, uh, formerly of the Houston Astros, uh, Cody, he went with you, me, and Jeremy Sheetinger. So uh, definitely honored by that one because that's those are some big names in college baseball to be mentioned up there with. Yeah, but I'll be honest with you. I would be a little disappointed if they were ahead of us because I don't see it. And uh, he made the right choice, and shout out to him because I think he went with you know who I would pick. <laughs> I would pick me, you, and Sheetinger over those guys. I would take those all day as well. So, Cody, let's get going here. This is what the people want. This is what they came for. Our picks, we'll give you the first round picks first, and then we'll pick who wins it all. Cody, game one Friday, 8.30 a.m., Indiana Tech, Bellevue, who are you taking? I'm taking Indiana Tech to win a really close game. I think Indiana Tech's been outstanding out of the bullpen this season. 
think they're going to need it game one. You look at Dan Shaw, he's been an absolute dude. Landon Bullard's been awesome. So I think Indiana Tech's going to win a very low-scoring, awesome 8.30 a.m. game. I'm picking Indiana Tech to move on. I know something about 8.30 a.m. games in Lewiston. I know they can be fantastic. I'm going to take Bellevue. I think Bellevue is going to surprise a lot of people in this tournament. It's nothing against Indiana Tech. I love all the guys out there, but I think BU goes out there and wins game one of that tournament and sets themselves up for the matchup against Tennessee Wesley. And I think Coach Monlux and the Bruins are going to have something, a little something cooking, at least in that first game Friday, being able to get up for it and be ready for it. Cody, I'm not going to make you pick this game, uh, the Friday game two game at 11:30 between Faulkner and Georgia Gwinnett. Uh, do you want to give me any thoughts on the game going into it, really quickly? I think it's going to be an outstanding matchup, and I'm glad that the two schools are playing. Um, they played every year since Georgia Gwinnett opened in 2013, so tradition lives on. Um, they were they were on the schedule, it just didn't work out, but um, they're going to get to play out here in Lewiston. Uh, these are two awesome programs. Faulkner's an outstanding baseball team. Georgia Winnett's a great team. So I'm just looking forward to that game, too. These are two teams. I mean, you said it earlier. This this tournament is stacked, and it really is. And these are two teams who should meet every year. I'm going to take Faulkner, but just by an eyelash, I think this is going to be an outstanding game. I'm not sure who's throwing for either team yet, but I think Georgia Gwinnett has a lot of capable pitching. Faulkner has a lot of capable pitching. This one could go either way. In my mind, it's a toss-up, but I'm going to go with Faulkner just by an edge in this game. Cody, we'll bring you back into this one. Game three Friday at 3 p.m. between number six, St. Thomas, and number three, Southeastern. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Bobcats, and I think it's because I just I love Orlando Rodriguez in this spot. Um, I think Southeastern has a capable pitcher. I think Felix is awesome, and I think he's going to put them in a position to win as well. But I, I think St. Thomas, I just like their magic this year. Uh, I remember 2015, they're staying at the same hotel, so they just have the right juju. And uh, yeah, I'm rolling with St. Thomas to win another great game. And for, this is not the night game, but man, this feels prime time to me. This is just an outstanding game. Well, if you live on the East Coast, that is prime time for you so it is going to be a big time <laughs> matchup you know of course all of these times are local uh to lewiston idaho so that game will start at 6 p.m in florida for both of those teams so st thomas southeastern uh really quickly before i pick a winner in this one cody can i do some grandstanding how great is the sun conference is that not the best conference in small <laughs> college baseball i mean we could have had three teams in the World Series in the Sun Conference. I mean, it, it's it's incredible, and I'm I'm looking for uh, forward to many years of success in the Sun Conference for baseball. So, all right, that's that's my grandstanding right there. Um, St. Thomas Southeastern. It is really hard to beat a team four times in a season. St. Thomas is one of those teams that can absolutely do that. Jackie Urbias was electric in the opening round tournament, hit a grand slam to get his team into that next round. Southeastern returns so much of their offensive depth from last year, a national championship run. They don't have the same pitching, but I am so interested in a matchup between Felix Diegas and Orlando Rodriguez in game one. It's going to come down to the wire. I think Southeastern might be playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and I think they might push this one out against St. Thomas again. That 11.30 a.m. game in Idaho, that 3 p.m. game in Idaho, they're both toss-ups to me. That's a 50-50 matchup. It's whoever comes out to play the better ball in that game is going to win. There's no clear one team is better than the other. These are two Titans about to meet. I'm so pumped for those two games right in the middle, game two and game three. 
but I've got Southeastern just barely beating St. Thomas. I think it'll come down to the wire and it'll be a seven, eight, ninth inning type win for SEU. The final game on Friday is number seven, Freed Hardeman against number 10, Lewis Clark State. Cody, who do you have winning that one? I think this is going to be a thriller. I think this one's going to be awesome for all nine innings. I think the fans are going to be in it. I'm picking Freed Hardeman, and I want to clarify this. Uh, anyone that's actually followed our show knows I'm not afraid to pick Lewis Clark State. I picked them I picked them to win the title this year. You did? Um, so I, I did. So it's just not one of those ones where I just don't want to pick LC because I always rag on LC. I've been said many times that LC can win many games, and I've seen them win three titles in a row. I just think Freed Hardeman is the better team this year. Um, I just I just do. So I think Freed Hardeman is going to get it done. I think LC is going to be pumped. You know, Freed Hardeman beat them in that night game last year. Obviously, LC wants that revenge. But I just think Freed Hardeman is the better team, so I'm going to go with the better team. They're going to have to play well. LC plays really well. Um, they're not going to get phased by the stage. And I just think Freed Hardeman is a team that won't either. They played with their season on the line. They had to beat a really good Oklahoma Wesleyan team twice. And uh, I think that Oklahoma Wesleyan team is as good as some of these World Series teams. So I'm just rolling with Freed Hardeman. It's going to be an interesting one on Friday. There's so much that... LC really, you know, they, they sleep in their own beds. There's no travel for them. And Freed Hardeman, there's travel. You've got to get accustomed to to different to a hotel bed in a place that you're not used to in a different time zone. There's so much that can go opposite way, and the crowd is going to be against you. And I've been in an elimination game against LC where when, when we scored, you could hear a pin drop. And when they scored, you felt like the dugout was going to cave in on you and it is an electric environment. I'm going to go with Freed Hardeman also. I think Huey is lights out. I think he's electric. I think it's going to be a much closer game than maybe anybody really anticipates. I think it'll be a tough one. It'll be hard fought, and I think it comes down to the wire, but I'm going to just barely go with Freed Hardeman in this one. I think we're in for a full stretch of games in day one. That'll be interesting. And Cody, before I get to the Twitter polls, Indiana Tech, Tennessee Wesleyan, who you got? Well, one last thing I want to say on that nightcap. Just that it's really important for Freed Hardeman and Lewis Clark State to win that game because the loser of that game is playing the loser of St. Thomas Southeastern and a loser out Saturday morning. So by Saturday afternoon, the loser of that night game is probably going to have their season end. So it's just huge to win that night game. I think both teams are going to put their best foot forward. They're going to throw their dudes, and it's just going to be prime time. Moving on to Indiana Tech, Tennessee Wesleyan. I'm rolling with Tennessee Wesleyan. This is a team that lost Indiana Tech both times they played them this year. So uh, Tech's 2-0 and against Wesleyan. They've shown they can beat them. They can definitely do it. Uh, I think Indiana Tech's a really good team, but I think Tennessee Wesleyan has national championship aspirations, and in order to do that, they got to win this one. Yeah, for myself, it's, it's Tennessee Wesleyan versus Bellevue, but I, I, too, am going with Tennessee Wesleyan to win that matchup. I think Tennessee Wesleyan is a very good team. We talked about him earlier. I think Cole Belair on the mound is is going to be electric for them. Lights out stuff for him as he's had all season long, just walked less than 20 people the whole year. Uh, Cody, last but not least, USAO and Freed Hardeman. Who do you have in that one? You know, this one's really tough for me too. I'm going with USAO just because I think their pitching is legit. But Freed Hardeman, man, that's a team I know I can see that can win games out there. And uh, they've shown they can win games out there. Yeah, but I still, I'm going to roll with the Drovers. They've only lost five games on the field this season. I mean, they've just shown they can win. They can hit. They're hitting 342. So, yeah, I'm going to go with USAO as well. I think uh, USAO just pitching staff is is unbelievable. I'm not sure if Freed Hardman has really faced anything like that this season. 
There's not a lot of teams who have faced anything like USAO's pitching staff this year, and then a team that can hit on top of it as well. So I'm going to go with USAO. Really quickly, how are Twitter results fared? We asked y'all yesterday, we asked the NAI Ball Nation to pick each game on Friday. So in game one, 57% of our audience selected Indiana Tech to defeat Bellevue. In game two, 42% of the audience selected Faulkner to beat Georgia Gwinnett. In game three, 81% of the audience picked Southeastern to beat St. Thomas. I don't think it'll be that much or even that far. I think it's going to be an extremely tight ball game. And then in game four, over 1,500 people voted in this one. 79% picked Freed Hardeman to beat number 10, LCSC. Cody, you think uh, they were they were voting with their hearts there? Yeah. I don't think that's a coincidence. That's our most voted. How many of them do you think voted against LC? As, as many that voted for free. <laughs> and I think on the other poll, too, when you see 81% for Southeastern, you know, there was a little bit of a crusade for Southeastern this weekend. A lot of people had their back. They didn't get the seat they deserved. I think that may have played a role there, too. Yeah, I think there's going to be some great games this weekend. Cody is going to start heading out there. By the time this podcast drops, he will be already on the road and headed out to the NAI World Series from Harris Field in Lewiston, Idaho. I will have all of your periscopes at night, all of your coverage at night, everything going on. We will keep you posted at NAI Ball for all of your new stat scores and information as always. And, of course, on Facebook as well. All you got to do is search NAI Ball. Cody, before I let you go, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm just excited to get to Lewiston. I love that community, and uh, I'm so excited to get back there. Uh, I'm going to see another team dogpile, and uh, we're going to bring you better coverage this year. I can promise you that. Absolutely pumped and thrilled for it. I am looking forward to just the incredible week of baseball that we're going to have, 10 of the best teams in the nation going at it. And like Cody said, all of this started, our biggest year of coverage ever started with us talking to 50-plus programs, more small college college baseball coverage there more small college baseball coverage in that one time in dallas texas for the abca coaches convention than ever before and all of that was nai based and so now here we are at the pinnacle the nai world series where it all ends the road stops here in lewiston 10 teams playing for a national championship one dogpiling and NAI Ball will have all of your new stats, scores, and information just like we've had all season long. So that'll do it for us here. I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez. You can follow me on Twitter at RobG1063. Thank you to our sponsors, the Fairbridge Hotel Inn and Suites and Silverback Sports. Follow them at ShopSilverback and ShopSilverback.com. And until next time, folks, hope you enjoy the NAI World Series. Hope you enjoy the coverage. We hope you have a great day and an even better tomorrow. Hey guys, Robbie Gutierrez here, host of the NAI Ball Podcast. Let me take a moment to tell you about our sponsor, Silverback Sports. Silverback Sports was created by coaches and for coaches. They're supplying over 100 colleges around the nation with bands and ballistic plyo balls in throwing and hitting sets. On top of it all, they now offer mini rebounders 
and leather wrist weights. They have top quality products at affordable prices. Find it all at ShopSilverback.com and follow them on Twitter at ShopSilverback. Silverback Sports, the alpha in arm care and training essentials. 